BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about talk now. About now talk about. She's taking care of her voice, so you know that she's not going to shout now. Shout now, she's not going to shout. So get your headphones ready to hear what it's all about. No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, season 11, episode 25. Hi, everybody. How is your 4th of July? It is so, so I'm recording this in advance of the 4th, at least 10 days before. And so many people in the last two weeks have said, oh, yeah, um, you know, let's reconvene about that after the 4th. And I'm like, isn't it the 19th right now? Like, It's this weird mentality that 4th of July begins now, like the third week of June. I, I don't know. I haven't been living on the East Coast during July. Um, I mean, I guess I did last year, but I don't even remember anyone talking about it. Maybe this is kind of the first year that people really feel that they're past COVID risks or something. I don't know. But I'm just noticing it this year. There's so much talk of the fourth. I know people aren't talking about it because they're so patriotic and they want to get into their cosplay American Revolution outfits. But it, I got to look up what day of the week it is. Maybe that has something to do with it. Oh, it's a Tuesday. So people are just taking that whole week off or the week before. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know yeah, is that what people are doing? They take the week before off as their vacation or do they take the week of the fourth off? I don't care. People are going to be emailing me and it's already going to be over. But I have never heard it referenced as this is such a big thing that we're all planning our schedules around to where two weeks from now is when I'm going to do this Zoom call with someone about something or, oh, let's get drinks, you know, after the fourth. Pretty busy up until then. What? What? What's everyone doing? Where's everyone going? Anyway. So. I'm here to talk about on the free version of the podcast. If you want to hear the whole podcast, I'll be talking about all kinds of things today. You can read what the show is about in the show notes, but you can join the Patreon. 
click the link below. I'm offering a seven-day free trial. So if you want to check out what the full-length ad-free episodes are like, you can. But anyway, right now, I want to talk about my obsession with relationship reality TV. Now, I don't talk about relationships much on this podcast. I used to a lot. I used to bring you guys into my dating life, my love life, my divorce life, my serious relationship life, whatever was going on with me. But I haven't in a long time talked about that part of my life. And I'm still not going to. But it, I'm still someone who is fascinated with psychology, sociology, and you know, I'm always talking about ADHD coming up later on the podcast. I will be talking about that. But but I am very fascinated with psychology and sociology of romantic relationships. And I think it's because all of the work that I've done in that area, all of the work that I've done that also doesn't stop certain triggers from happening in that area where you go, oh, I guess this is what I need the tools I learned for but the actual triggering events that can happen, you know, you can't stop those from happening when you're dealing with other humans and their feelings and their triggers. You know, I don't even, I'm not even talking about fights or arguments. I'm just talking about insecurities or confusion or um, misunderstandings or just red flags or green flags or you know, just anything that can happen on any level of any relationship. And, but what I'm really uniquely fascinated by is when people first meet and how everybody gets fooled if it's going well by how, no, 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 this will never be bad. And it's so fascinating to watch it on these shows where they're not even meeting. Well, I'm talking specifically right now about the show Married at First Sight, which is on Lifetime, but they're not even meeting under normal circumstances. I mean, most reality shows you're not, but you know, in real life, you might meet someone and you're you know, dating them for a few weeks. And you're like, this is great. I, I, might, I really don't see how things could go bad, but you're at least in your normal life. You, you could see what you've you've already had an issue, but it hasn't bothered you yet. You know, oh, they live a subway ride away or their work hours are different or whatever it could be. You know, they don't like this kind of food. I like this, whatever it is, but everything's fine. Oh, everything's cool. But you at least could see you, you are experiencing real life with them. On these shows, you literally get married at first sight at this big wedding. Then you have a big party and then you go on a honeymoon to some exotic location. So if it's going well, I mean, the emotions are running high, the excitement is running high, the stimulation is running high, you've got all of these events and beautiful destinations. You're literally in a fantasy, but it's so funny that each couple will say, you know, we're going to have to go back to real life, but you can tell they kind of don't believe that anything bad's going to happen. And it always happens. Not because real life brings it about. I mean, it probably does, but it was going to happen within maybe three weeks anyway. 
you would start to notice things. But I think it's even worse with shows like this than I do, you know, if you were to fall for someone right away in real life, because again, they've had no real life to latch onto. So, you know, you're not seeing, oh, what does their bathroom really look like? You know, that kind of thing. That's right. You should judge a person on their bathroom. Anyway, so when I had the cocoa and the Rona, you know, last month, whenever I had it, six weeks ago, I just dove headfirst into binge watching all of these kinds of shows. Now, my friend Sarah Colonna does a funny podcast called Are You, Are you My Podcast, where she um, and another funny uh, woman, Mary, talk about Lifetime movies, but they also review Married at First Sight. And I've known this, but I, I had never watched the show because I confused it with 90 Day Fiance, which that show makes me feel like I'm just watching men, human traffic women. I just, I can't get into that show. But Married at First Sight, totally separate thing. So I started watching it because I'd gone through all of the other reality TV relationship shows. And I texted my friend Sarah and said, I'm going to start watching Married at First Sight. I'm going to listen to your podcast about it. But this one season that um, my friend didn't review on our podcast, not that it matters, but I'm just bringing it up because I thought I was going to sync up listening to her show while watching episodes that are out, but I couldn't really get the streaming right, like in terms of, you know, what episodes are available now on streaming, whatever. It's boring, boring, boring. But so I jumped around seasons and this show, is, it's just so wild to me that people are willing to do this. Now, in one sense, I do think because of dating apps and all of this independence that we have in our lives, men and women, and whatever, whatever, if it's you, you're a man who dates men, women who dates women, whatever, all the combinations of humans, we're so independent now as a society that there is this uh, like paralyzed by choice, if that makes sense. You know, if someone doesn't fit into exactly the life that you have designed for yourself to where you can see the compromise being not too much, you might go out with someone, but you might end up picking people that are just like you. And that doesn't mean that's a good thing. Not that there's anything wrong with you, but that doesn't necessarily create a spark or even a compatibility. You just don't know. Or you might be swiping on pictures of someone and they might just be someone you would never think about. But, but if you've ever made a friend with someone that you really weren't attracted to and then you got to know them more and you saw them differently one day. You know, that kind of thing, that's not going to happen if you're swiping. And I doubt many people are going to say, oh my God, look at his or her profile. This is just exactly what I'm looking for. And then you see the picture and it's nothing you're attracted to. I don't know how many people are honestly going to go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to swipe right. I'm going to see, because maybe this is something we can become friends and then maybe, you know, I'll see it differently in six months. 
So in that sense, I think a lot of people are probably missing out on a lot of opportunities. And in a weird way, you almost just need to say to some expert that I don't know what algorithm they're using, but based on everything I tell you about my values and and my personalities type and whatever, I need you to just put it through a computer and find me someone and tell me when to show up and I will marry them and we will make it work. Now, I know there's arranged marriages in other cultures and stuff like that. I do think there's a world where it's not crazy to get married at first sight because I think people hem and haw and people who say they want a relationship that ends in marriage, I, I also see these kind of people hemming and hawing about everything and, you know, oh, let's wait five years and really see. I, I just feel like there's a world where because you've jumped in, you're like, fuck it, let's make it work. Whereas if you didn't do that, you'd still be facing the same amount of frustration in life, but dating multiple people and being like, ah, everyone's not quite the right fit. Sometimes you just need like that lack of choice. And I, I kind of get it from that perspective. Now for me, I don't enjoy being married. I've been married. I didn't enjoy it. And I knew, I don't know how, but I knew for me, it wasn't just, this is the wrong person for me. I knew also, even with the right person, I don't think this, 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 institution is right for me. Even if everything's the same, except literally that piece of paper, I, it, I don't, I don't know. Um, I've, I've had a complete turnaround on just like, I, I can't, I can't, like if someone said, Hey, I'm looking to date someone who definitely wants to get married. I, I would say, I, I just, that's not me then. Even if I'm going to give them all the commitment all the monogamy, I, I just, I can't. But it's fascinating to me that so many people on these shows want to get married and that the women are saying, I want to be a wife. I can't wait to be a wife. Like they just still want to be picked, even though they're not really being picked in this scenario. I mean, you are, you're being, you, you, you are married for six weeks and then you sit down with the counselors and the people that put, put you with someone and you decide if you're going to get a divorce or not. The whole thing, I mean, is a huge slap in the face to um, you know, allowing gay people to get married in that sense. Like that right is always hanging in the balance. And here's hetero people like, oh, just get married on a reality show. If it doesn't work out, divorce six weeks later. Must be nice to just have that right and be able to just piss it away. At the same time, people who would say that a man and a man getting married, a woman and a woman getting married, whatever, is not traditional. Neither is this fucking shit. Like, this is actually a slap in the face to the sanctity of marriage. This, this is ridiculous, this show. But what I find fascinating is, again, I've said this before, I, I do not see, and again, maybe I just do not see it, but I do not see in the heterosexual world any progression amongst 18 to 38-year-olds in terms of their views on marriage. And this notion of, I just want to be a wife. Why? What do you think being a wife is going to do except be this extra identity? You seem caught up in the identity of it. I'm a wife. Now I'm normal. Now I fit in somewhere. Now people won't look at me weird or we won't have to have annoying conversations at parties while I'm not married. I mean, I get that instinct. To just, you know what? 
I don't even know what my values are. I don't even have time to figure it out. I'm just so tired of answering these fucking questions from everyone. I'll wife up. You know, like I get that instinct. This is why everyone has to read the book, The Tragedy of Heterosexuality. It is not a book convincing you not to be heterosexual, but it is a book about why is everyone doing it the way it's always been done? Because the practice of a lot of heterosexual rituals are based in like patriarchal stuff. And, you know, do you have a guy that actually loves and respects women? Now, we're not talking about his mother or his sisters, but like actually likes women, doesn't like secretly hate them and not understand them, but wants to find one person to fall in love with and be attracted to. That's not a love of women. That's not a feminist, you know? That's, a that's I think that's gonna be hard for you if that's who you're ending up with as a woman. So it's like, it's a great book. It's basically the equivalent to me would be if, you know, you're living in a, modern world and you're just refusing to use any modern amenities to make your life easier or you're refusing to learn. You know, it's like not saying anything you're doing is wrong. You can live in that home, but we do have running water now. If that would, that's available to you if you would like to look into that. You know, like we are doing these archaic things in the way that we relate to one another and it's a great book. So anyway, but I was talking to a friend about this Married at First Sight show. He had never seen it. I was telling him about it. And he, I was like, and he has kids that are, that are, uh, you know, like teenagers, like late teens. And I said, I just don't, I, I'm so shocked at seeing all these young people that just think getting married is the way to fix their life or make their life legit or make their life happy. And he said, I don't, I don't think young people are like that. I mean, I'm hearing that you know, a lot of young people don't even want to date. And I said, what about your kids? Well, his kids are dating. And I said, well, the, I keep hearing this and I know it's true, but I I don't think that's a value shift. I think that's a technology thing. I really do. I think community has been so stripped from our lives that it's not interesting to date because it doesn't involve just the things that it used to. It was, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like you have to consciously look for people or I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a value shift though, where people are like, this is bullshit. You know, I, I just don't. I think it's like a circumstantial technology, social media apps kind of thing. I could be totally wrong. I just, I don't have the information, but I am still shocked. Like, huh? You know, cause you look at the younger generations, like, ah, oh, they definitely figured out a better way to do this. Like now we have, you know, talking about gender and talking about this and talking about that. And you go like, oh, they're still doing that though. And I feel like it's people my age that are figuring out, okay, 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 okay. So we got a divorce and we're a woman in our 40s and we're figuring out like we're going to be the templates of a non-traditional life for the younger people. But I don't know how we're going to get the word out because I don't even, (laughs) I won't even talk about my life. But it's like, I do think that that's it. I think like Gen X kind of has to lead the way on this. Maybe some elder millennials as well. But anyway, my whole point is this show is fascinating because you can see right away. It's just the same as Love is Blind, but you can see right away when people are not attracted to each other. And one episode that was so... So these are the episodes that I found really interesting. 
I watched the New Orleans year, which oddly, I think it went from 2019 through 2020. So these people were trapped living together longer than they were supposed to as a married couple in their apartment that they get from the TV production because of the lockdown. That was fascinating. But I loved this season because of the variety of types of couples. But there is this toxic, like, pastor kind of guy. So there's this woman named literally Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Schwartz. And I guess in the first few seasons, I mean, this show's been on like 30 seasons. First few seasons, there was this humanist chaplain named Greg Epstein. I never saw his episodes. I've only seen the ones with this other guy, Pastor Calvin Robertson. And this guy, I swear to God, we will see this couple I'll give you an example. This one couple from one season. The guy was really attracted to the woman at first. She had big boobs. They were showing in her wedding dress. She's blonde, blah, blah. This guy's no prize. But he's fine. Like, they're perfectly matched in terms of, like, basically the same level of attractive, I guess. But, you know, she's putting more effort into her so they end up, uh, he's super excited. And you can tell he's like getting all handsy at the wedding. And they get to Hawaii where the honeymoon is. And I guess he's smoking. Every, they kept saying smoking. And it, it didn't dawn on me until literally 10 episodes in that they meant pot. I thought they meant cigarettes. But basically, he filled out on his questionnaire where they matched him up that he only smokes sometimes. And so she was saying, you know, you've been smoking the whole time we're here. And he's like, that's because I'm on vacation. She's like, I know, but it alters your personality. I don't feel like I know you. I feel like it's kind of disrespectful. And he's like, you're drinking. You're an alcoholic. And he just won't listen to her. It's like, yeah, she's having a drink by the pool or like a drink with dinner. But it is different when you're just kind of smoking pop by yourself all day long. And so he couldn't even have the conversation. It was like watching an eight-year-old have a tantrum. And a lot of the men on the show are like this. It is just impossible to say one thing without them completely shutting down and getting really cruel really fast. And it's like, oh God, you got some trauma to work out. And so they'll say things they can't take back. So this guy says, he doesn't say it to her, but he says it to the camera guy after she walks away. You know, they say that um, men age like fine wine and women age like milk. And I was just like, yeah, you know who says that? A bunch of fucking men, a bunch of asshole men. You're not aging like a fine wine. You're aging like uh, a boxed wine. You're not. And he's like, and milk spoils. And she's 32, which is like 100 in dog years. I'm like, oh, my God. And he's like, she's not even my type anyway. Literally what Donald Trump says after he's been accused of rape. Not my type. And I was like, she seemed to be your type at the wedding. She seemed to be your type at the wedding. You know, just this defensiveness because she was so emotionally shut down from A, him smoking pot, and B, his reaction to her bringing it up that she was just obviously not not sleeping with him. Now, maybe he was smoking pot the whole time because he did feel inherently it wasn't a match, but he couldn't talk about it. So anyway, this guy, Thank God he didn't say that to her face, but he was pretty nasty as well to her face. 
And, you know, they have a check-in with the pastor when they get back from the honeymoon. And they're like, we haven't been intimate. I, I, this really sucks. We don't like each other. I mean, it, she was like, I, I want to get a divorce. Like, he's very toxic. And the pastor's like, well, now wait a minute. Like, just kind of, you know, marriage is hard. This isn't for chumps. And it's like, She's literally saying a man is toxic. Is anyone, is anyone's ears pricking up at this? You know, Dr. Pepper's like, well, um, let's think of positive things we can say. And so, it's just gross. So then the guy will totally lie to the pastor about, he's like, I don't know, she just won't talk to me. I mean, she just criticizes me for every little thing. And the pastor doesn't go, well, wait a minute, what thing did she criticize you for? What did she say exactly? What was the thing? You know, then he can get a sense of, oh yeah, she is just criticizing every little thing. Oh, well, actually that sounds like a valid uh, concern she brought up, Tommy. The pastor is always on the guy's side. He never asks them shit. And he's always interrogating the women. Like, it's so gross. Dr. Pepper seems super out of it. She reminds me of my psychology teacher in college. She would put on a movie about someone with an eating disorder. She'd take her Diet Coke and walk away. Trudy was her name. And I mean, everyone got an A in Trudy's class. If you just wanted to watch a movie with Meredith Baxter Burney, who was bulimic, you watch that, you take a quiz after, bye. She's off. Um, she just, all I remember is she just walked around the Diet Coke all the time. That's what Dr. Pepper is like. I can't get over that that's her name. So anyway, I mean, I would just change my name. Is it that important that your first name is Pepper? That you, like, how can anyone, and her last name's Schwartz. So it's like, why don't you just call yourself Dr. Schwartz? But nope, her first name's Pepper. So she's going by Dr. Pepper. I don't know how anyone can even talk to her and say, well, Dr. Pepper, that like, I can't. I'm going to start laughing. But anyway, they were a whole mess. And I, this pastor guy is just such bad news. And I can tell he's homophobic because all of the other married at first sights do have couples, uh, gay couples, and not lifetimes. And I'm like, I, I swear this pastor is homophobic, which is just hilarious because, again, nothing's ruining the sanctity of marriage more than this fucking show. So anyway, but New Orleans season, these two guys who are best friends go on the show together to meet women to meet women, I'm making it sound so so seedy, but to, to, you know, get married. And this one guy, he's like, I'm a player. You know, everyone's like, this guy's never going to settle down. And then the other guy is like, Mr. Like nice and all he wants is love. And I'm a husband and I'm ready. I'm already acting like a husband. We just need to plug in some woman here and I'm ready to husband it up. I'm 26, but I'm mature. Anyway, so of course it ends up that the player guy like falls immediately in love with the woman he marries they have such a fun, playful, hilarious relationship. And they have good chemistry. And they're married with a kid now. Like, they're still married. They have a kid. I looked them up. The other guy, his friend, that's like, I'm ready to husband it up. Well, what was interesting about him is you're not supposed to, again, get the name or know anything about the person you're going to marry the next day. So one of the production coordinators accidentally texted the bride-to-be something that he meant to text somebody else. And he's like, okay, so we're picking up John Smith tomorrow in the car at 1 p.m. at the hotel. Can you confirm, you know, so he can go get married to Susie Doozy? And Susie Doozy's getting this text and she's like, oh my God, now I know the name of the guy and I know, you know, his social media or some, you know, something. 
So she looks him up on Instagram and she decides she's not into him. And so she tells a producer, she's like, we don't see it. We just hear it behind closed doors. I, I saw something I wasn't supposed to see. And she was really fucked up over this guy didn't seem masculine enough. He, she's like, he's all in his feelings. Like he had a lot of feelings and she, that was too much for her. And she's like, I just, he's not my type, like the whole thing. And you think she's going to call it, but she decides to walk down the aisle anyway. And when she sees him, she's actually attracted to him. It was fascinating. But then she wouldn't have sex with him like for a, like four months into it because I don't, she couldn't really explain. But she did have a problem with how sensitive this guy was. And to her, it's like he seemed gay. And she must really have like a thing for hyper-masculinity because nothing about this dude seemed gay. If we're talking about what, quote, seems gay. I mean, if we're talking about a stereotype, you know. Um, but I think they're still together too. But man, like the guy that was just ready to be a husband got matched with someone who just found him to be too nice. Not that she wanted a dick, but she, she wanted someone that didn't feel like a girlfriend to her. Like he's like, I'll get my nails done, you know, like that kind of thing. And a lot of women don't want that. And I just found that fascinating. So, but then my favorite couple, and this is where I just said, I have to stop watching this show because it's, now I'm hurt. Now I'm heartbroken. So this was my favorite. There was this weird hippie couple, Bennett and Amelia. Now we see them separately. Bennett is like kind of nerdy with like long hair and little glasses, but he's like secretly hot. You know what I mean? And he's like, he looks like he's a magician, but he's not. But he's like, does theater in New Orleans. He's just very theatrical and fun and But, but has that like magician and offbeat sense, like not theatrical in the like drama, drama way, but just eccentric. And she is like total natural hippy dippy, you know, um, free spirit, open minded. Like you rarely see people like these two on any kind of reality shows. You only usually see kind of bro-y dudes and like super hair and makeup kind of women. So it was refreshing. It was like, oh, in a weird way, these are normal people, although they're very eccentric and different. And they were just completely quirky. And you saw them living their own lives and you're like, how could they, like, how are they not perfect for each other? I, I can see this so clearly. And what happens is you can send a little gift to your bride-to-be and you can send a gift to your groom-to-be and so um, he sent her this kind of crazy bird, like feathers, like that you put in your hair as, as a, uh, you know, as part of the wedding veil. And she's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it looked so good. I forget what she sent him. Anyway, so the doors open to the chapel and he's up at the altar waiting and she's sees him and she's like, oh my God, she knows him. And she says to her mother walking her down the aisle, I've met him before. And she's so excited because you can tell she has a crush on him. And they get to the altar and she's like, hi. And she smiles like with her mouth open. So she's always just like, ah, 
like looking like that. And it's so sweet. And so then the person marrying them, oh my God, the person marrying them says, you know, and you're just seeing each other for the first time. And he's like, it's not the first time. So basically, the story is they both live in New Orleans, duh, but they've met each other through a mutual friend, Mary, at parties before. So they met each other at some party and Amelia was immediately found him charming and handsome and liked him. He was in a relationship at the time, but they really hit it off of the party and had a great time. And I don't think they got each other's information or anything like that. They went their separate ways and they ran into each other again at a party, had the same connection. She totally had a crush on him, but like for some reason never followed up. But I'm thinking like, who's this mutual friend, Mary? Because she wasn't there. You can invite your friends to the wedding. So she mustn't have been a good friend. But I'm like, let me say this to all the Marys out there. Who in your life do you think should be together? Fucking set them up. I know he was already in a relationship, but you should go up to him and go, you're in the wrong relationship. My friend Amelia. You know what I mean? Like, Mary is on the hook, in my opinion, for never setting these people up. So this couple right away have a great connection and they are so similar. And weirdly, they don't jump into bed right away. Like, I think they don't even kiss for like the first week and they are just on board with everything. And they're just weirdos. I don't even know how to explain it. Like they just make up little songs and they're, they're just cute. And you go, who else on earth would be for this person? And the story is so cute that they've met each other before. Like, imagine you go on this kind of show and not only do you see someone that you're like, oh, okay, this is pretty good. But you're like, oh my God, it's a person I have a crush on that I've seen at parties. It's so great. So I'm like, these people, this is, this is so magical. And, um, you know, they told each other they loved each other for the first time in the woods and they have no problems. They're not arguing. They're wonderful. They move in together, COVID, like they are just nailing it. The one thing is that she just got her um, medical degree. Like she's ready to go be a doctor, PhD. And she's waiting to get assigned a residency. And she got assigned a residency in Virginia. So he would have to move there. But I'm thinking if anyone can make this relationship work, it's them. You know, he can still live in New Orleans and do his theater. And it can be long distance somehow. And they can like see each other on weekends or... He can come live live with her for a little bit. And then, you know, he doesn't have to be in New Orleans the whole time. He seemed to be the more flexible one. He didn't really have a set job or anything, you know. And and I I really believed in them. And then I looked them up and I found out they were divorced within a year. And I was like, okay, no, like I can't handle this pain. It's not even like, what does that mean for all of our lives? If they can't make it work, it wasn't one of those things was like, I need them to be together for the world to be okay. It almost is like when you're on a plane and sometimes if it's not full, they'll ask you to move seats if it's like a little small flight so that it balances out the plane. Like the balance of the universe is off that these people aren't together. It doesn't affect my opinion of love or what, what's going to happen in my life. It affects like just the air I breathe. It affects everything. If you're having a, if you had a bad day, and, and you put on this podcast to make you feel better. You know why you had a bad day? Because these two aren't together. Like something's off in the universe. And they're still like best friends. And I'm like, okay. Okay. 
but they're not together anymore. Also, the show's a little suspect because a lot of people, they'll have the kids or not conversation during the honeymoon. And I'm like, excuse me, they didn't ask when setting people up if you want kids or not. Shouldn't that be the first or not the first necessarily, but a huge question? That like, So I do think they mess with people and they do put people together like, okay, she definitely wants kids. He's not sure. Fuck it. We'll put them together. I, I don't know what they don't reveal their process. This Dr. Pepper and this homophobic pastor who hates women. They don't reveal this expert process that they've done. Anyway, I also enjoyed watching the ultimatum. That's like you're with someone and you're like, I want to marry you. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And then you go on this show and you meet other people to date and you find someone. And so at the end of it, after you've maybe matched with someone else, you go back to the person that gave you the ultimatum or that you gave the ultimatum to and you decide, do you want to go marry them or try to make a relationship work with this new person? You don't have to, I don't think you have to get married to them right away, but you just, that show I love because what I think is fun about that is oftentimes it may reveal you're just with the wrong person. You may not even be someone who's like, I'm against marriage or, or like you don't want to get married to the, to your person, but it's because you have this major communication issue you don't know. And like weirdly with someone new, you can start communicating about all the things right away. And then you kind of realize, or I see these people realize, oh, wait, if I just did this with my partner, maybe it would unlock something. And I've seen that happen. I've seen people just realize, okay, I'm not with the right person. I always thought I was anti-marriage, but actually I'm just anti this person. Or you see, oh my God, this person doesn't even really, the person that gave the ultimatum doesn't even actually love their partner, I don't think. They're just like obsessed with getting married and now they're trying to do it to this new person. I love it. I can just watch human behavior all day long. Anyway, if you want to hear more about human behavior, I'll be talking about a lot of fun things in this episode. I've got updates on the Nextdoor app on these people that I'm just trolling all the time, talking about the myth of time management, talking about an ADHD personal miracle, and so many other things on No Fun. Jen Kirkman podcast. Ooh, this one, this free version was longer than normal. Just join the Patreon. Come on over. Seven day free trial. See you there. Until next week. Have fun.